Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and it's always a joy to have on sommelier Jill Mott. She is from Henry and Son, talks to us about beers, wines, and spirits every other week on Jazz 88. Good morning, Jill. Why, top of the morning to you. Well, Happy yeah. Happy Patties. Yeah. <laughs> like one of my favorite holidays. I'm not Irish. I'm one of those people. Sorry. Yeah, it's a good one. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you as well. Are we talking about Irish stuff today? No, but we are talking <laughs> about beer. Okay. We are talking about beer good. for sure today. Well, what do you got? <laughs> um, I've got some beers that just landed at Henry and Son. And I, you know, they were kind of difficult to get because they're from all over the world. Um, there are a couple other places that you may be able to get them as well, like Ale Jail across the river in uh, St. Paul has a great selection of beer. And then South Lindale does a good job, too, of procuring a lot of, in this case, um, we've broken up, uh, in many cases, four packs. So people can try, you know, just one can or one bottle of these very special beers. So should I get to it? Yeah, I'd love to hear what you've got. Well, the first one is actually a really crazy uh, sake brewery. Um, They've been around since the 1800s, and they started brewing beer back in the mid-90s when, you know, the craft beer movement was a light here in in the United States, as it is now. And they're called Kiyuchi. And they came up with a beer called Hitachino Nest. Now, I'm sure that people that are, you know, well-endowed in the beer world here in Minneapolis have tasted, and the Twin Cities have tasted their white ale. Well, they came out with, we just recently acquired their Saison de Japan. And it is absolutely gorgeous for people that love um, a crunchy Saison. It's not your typical mm. fruity Saison Pont. They've added... What makes it uniquely Japanese is they've added not only a little sake yeast uh, in addition to the Belgian yeast, um, but they've added a little bit of that key sake ingredient, a koji mold. Now, it sounds terrible, but without (laughs) koji, we would not have sake. And so koji is just this like beautiful, it adds acid. It adds like an umami flavor to a, a beer that otherwise can already be complex. And it's just... I mean, it's a it's a really complex beer. It goes with myriad types of foods. And so Kyuchi Hitachino Nest Saison de Japan is absolutely awesome. Um, next, I've got a really cool brewery out of Bavaria. It's called uh, Browery Michael Plank, otherwise known as Plank Beer in the in the beer world. And the Plank beers are really cool. They're they're what makes them really unique is, first of all, they use a lot of the grains and hops um, that they're using in their beer comes from a family farm, which mm. that's really rare in the beer world. Um, most local beers that anybody may be drinking wherever they are located in the world, they're getting their hops from somewhere far away. They're yeah. getting their grains from somewhere far away. Um, hell, the brewer sometimes is far away, right? So yeah. um, in this case... In this case, they're getting the majority of their ingredients from their their local establishment, and they have a beer called a Heller Weizenbach. And what the, huh. too many that's too many syllables for this hour in the morning, but I got there. <laughs> um, and Heller means light, so it is a little bit lighter in color for this style. Weizen refers to the fact that it is made with a hefty quantity of yeast, or uh, excuse me, of wheat. And then um, Bach, it is a Bach beer. It is a stronger ale. Um, and a lot of times Bachs are lagers. In this case, Bach is referring to the fact 
mixed with wheat that it is an ale. This is it chimes in at just shy of eight percent, mm. and it is a it is just it has the creamiest, richest head slash effervescence I've tasted in a beer yet in 2021. It's but it drinks. I mean, you have to be really careful with it because you know it comes in a tall boy can and at eight percent, you could. <laughs> it's very refreshing. Um, you can drink it a little too fast, so be careful with it. But they've won seven World Cup beer awards for this beer, um, and it's it's truly amazing. It's got like a little bit of those plantain notes um, and just a light a minute, a bit of clove, but it's more about the wheat than it is about the banana-y, clovey, all that stuff that you'd associate with like a Hefeweizen or a vice versa. So that's really awesome. Nice. Uh, I yeah, and they've been around since the 1600s, so they're they're doing it and doing it well. Um, I wanted to pay tribute and mention um, a, f- a very well-known brewery that we've carried at the shop and has been in this market for a long time um, called Orval. Now, they're a monastery that's been around since, you know, 1000 or 1100 common era, but they've been brewing beer for centuries. And um, Orval Day is coming up on March 20th. And you you kind of have to call your, uh, you know, your local shop to see if they're participating. We at Henry and Son are participating. Um, But what they do is they are giving back any proceeds that are purchased within a week of Orval Day. They're giving back the importer as well as the monastery is giving back to every nation is different. Here we have two different um, hunger relief organizations that all the proceeds are going too. So it's a really cool way to not only drink a very historic and beautiful Trappist beer, yeah, but to also support uh, hunger relief in this country, one of which is um, down in Houston. So that's, that's really cool. And then we're also giving people some swag. So like you buy Orval and you get a bar towel, you get a glass, you get a keychain, you nice. get a something. So anybody that's participating in Orval Day ask for swag if they don't offer it because they probably <laughs> have some and maybe the staff all wants it <laughs> now so is orval the beer that you kind of is isn't it poured in a very special way or something it is yeah you want to be um so in a in a typical orval glass it kind of looks like a big wine glass that's cut off halfway kind of like a big coupe i guess um and you do you you pour orval very slow and by the time the orval gets to you know about parallel with the ground all of the Orval is going to have poured down into the glass with this beautiful head, but then you are going to be left with the smallest amount of sediment that is in like this, bu- the bubble part uh, or the bulbous part of the, of the bottle. And I, you know, when you're in Belgium, they ask you, you know, do you want, they kind of ask, do you want me to dump this in your beer? Do you want me to, but a lot of people will leave it. And then, you know, the old men, you know, just, take swig it back from the yeah. bottle which then I watched that and I was like I'm gonna do what they're doing yeah um, all the healthy yeasty goodness in my belly um but I wanted to mention one last beer before we uh take off is that okay for the day absolutely the last one is um I know we have a great Scandinavian population here in Minnesota and unfortunately we don't have a lot of Scandinavian beer around um and I acquired one there's one from Sweden um opposite end of the country from Stockholm, the capital. And the the beer is called Carnegie Porter. And they've been brewing since the 1830s. And it's a porter. A lot of people normally when you hear that, you think, oh, it's dark and it's heavy, kind of like Guinness. It's dark and heavy. Actually, al contraire, Guinness is one of the lightest beers around. And so is a really appropriately made standard porter. So this Carnegie Porter 
comes in at about 5.5% alcohol. You can, you can actually, it's, it's brown, but you can see through it. It's like almost like a burnt copper brown color Hmm. and it drinks really, it's satisfying, but it does drink on the light to medium side. It's a benchmark for Porter. So when a lot of breweries around town here are brewing a a traditional Porter and it, you know, comes in at 6%, a lot of people have tasted Carnegie Porter um, because it is sort of the, the quintessential, uh, benchmark style. It gets, it has like super high rated um, points when you look at different beer and rating websites. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just thought that was a really special one. Um, and when I poured it for staff yesterday, they were like, Oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> believe this. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's what I got today. We have other new beers too, but I know that the segment is only so long. That's right. So. Well, Jill Mott, do you want to hear a tune? Or, I mean, sometimes we talk about music too together. So uh, what's going yes. on there? All right. I came prepared. Oh. Um, <laughs> when I left the shop yesterday, I was so, I was just like in awe of these world-class beers. And I was kind of like, had this like strut in my step. I was like, when I emailed the owner, like, I'm so proud that we have these beers. And I was texting some friends that work at other shops, like, oh, my gosh, you guys have these beers. Did you get them? Because they're so good. Yeah. I just had this, like, strut in my step. And it reminded me, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to laugh, of Soulful Strut by <laughs> Horst Jankowski. <laughs> I know. And Horst Jankowski, um, who he's a German a German pianist, actually. I think he's I think he's a classical, classically trained musician. But anyway, um, him, he and his studio orchestra <laughs> did Soulful Strut. And it's amazing. So it's amazing. Let's get that tune in everybody's head for the rest of the day. <laughs> yes. Please. Well, cl- it's been in my head for like three days. So, yes. <laughs> well, I'm grateful for that suggestion, as always, as well as the uh, delightful beer suggestions from Jill Mott. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful St. Patrick's Day. And uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. That sounds good, Emily. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks, Jill. Here's Soulful Strut on Jazz 88.